Greetings, everybody. Welcome to episode 78 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, and his name is Dave, and we are back. And we're happy to be back. Yes, we are. Yes. That wasn't forced, I promise. We really are. <laughs> we really are happy to be here. And uh, it is episode 78, and we have got another good topic to discuss and it stems around politics but we're not going to go perhaps the direction that you think we may go we had a discussion before the episode and realized that talking about the election that's coming up here in a few weeks is not really what this passage is about and it would have been rather self-serving at least in my eyes uh and how i feel about all this stuff uh to make this about that and would have been inappropriate to do so so we're not going to go there so you have been uh Forewarned that yes, we are talking about politics, but not not those kind of politics. Is that a fair summation of our conversation, Dave? Yes, no 2016 election. Praise Jesus. <laughs> well, we don't really have any follow up this week because very, very, very short turnaround. Yeah. Um, from our last episode, just uh, you know, as our schedules go. Um, but if you do want to get in touch, you can do so on Twitter at super. Nope, that's a lie. At underscore super megacorp. That's the that's the network Twitter. You can get Dave at ten eight HBO. You can get me at Cam Brennan. You can email us at um, hello at supermegacorp dot net. And I think that's it. I think it's time. We're just gonna dive right into it. All right. Unless you want to talk about the World Series real quick. A little, you know, Mendoza line crossover. No? Okay, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, if Cubs win, it's Armageddon, so the end of the world may be near. Well, as long as Aerosmith is playing in the background, I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep, I went there. <laughs> so I, re- I just don't want to miss a thing, Dave. I just really don't. <laughs> Jeez. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. You know, it really wasn't a bad movie. A little cheesy, but it's entertainment. Mm, is it? It's predictable, but it's entertainment. It's not. I'm okay with it. I mean, it wouldn't be at the top of my list. And I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. But Yeah, we're definitely not going to talk about it on, on It's a Trap, that's for sure. No. But I will say this. I watched it when I was on a missions trip in Haiti. <laughs> okay. So, it's good. All right. Now I have that song stuck in my head. <laughs> I kind of do, too. And okay. I'm really tempted to sing it right no, now. No, no, I'm no, not no. Okay, gonna we're going to read, read the Bible now. <laughs> All right. So, Matthew twenty-two fifteen from the uh, ESV. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the word of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and go to, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and they left. They left him and went away. All right. 
Those pesky Pharisees are plotting again. Yes. I can't help but get this mental image of them and their little, you know, whatever a ancient, you know, Near East boardroom looked like. They didn't have any whiteboards. I don't know if they had dirt in the ground they would draw in, but they're scheming and throwing ideas around and, you know, doing as they do. And they decide, okay, we're going to entangle him in his words because that's worked out well for them thus far. So they send, I think it's funny too, they send their disciples to him along with some Herodians. They don't go to him themselves. They're like, if we go, He's going to see it coming because he's already owned us about seven times. So we're going to send our disciples to try and catch him off guard. They're real smart, these Pharisees. Very, very <laughs> clever guys. And I love how they approach Jesus because maybe this is hindsight, but it seems so obvious what they're trying to do by how they say it. Teacher. We know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. No, you don't, because you're your Pharisee disciples. Secondarily, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. But yeah. <laughs> our opinion is, is that you're the devil. <laughs> and I just, it's, it is so um, butt-kissy, mm-hmm. if I can, you know, speak very... Uh, raw on such a on such a podcast as this but like how could you not see through that yeah let's well, i i'm gonna go back to you know our verses from last week where basically he's talking about throwing the party and i'm basically implying that they're not invited for for uh, many are called, but few are chosen. And then it goes into, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. I mean, there's very much a, you heard our feelings. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to show you talk to us that way. We'll uh, entrap you. So yeah, not, um, not very sincere. Um, I do wonder when I read it though, of, I think they're just buttering him up. You are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care anyone's opinion for not swayed by appearances. Yeah, they're trying to play to this ego that they think he has. Yeah. Which, again, proves the point that they are just totally unable to read the situation in every way, right? Mm-hmm. They, We know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. If that's the case, then why are you trying to entangle him? And why are you trying to plot against him and subvert what he is trying to do? It's like these people that claim to be, you know, of God and upholders of the law are lying to this guy's face to try and make him look like a fool in front of his followers. Yes. Which is, I mean, I don't mean to be, um, harsh here but the exact opposite of what they should be doing is people that say they follow god and his law i mean the it's it's ridiculous and i realize it's easy you know i've said this multiple times it's easy for me to look at them and go wow you're dumb you deserve what you get when i realize i probably do the exact same thing on a regular basis and the uh double standard there is not lost on me <laughs> it's just a lot easier to see it in someone else's Life, especially when it's spelled out like this for you, than it is to look uh, at yourself and go, oh, yep, I'm that way too sometimes. Well, and just for Jesus to look at them and be like, 
you're hypocrites. I mean, he, call, I mean, he just right to their face. Yeah, why are you doing this, you hypocrites? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Everything about how they approach him is just comical. For you're not swayed by appearances, but we're playing to your ego, which is all about appearances, even though he doesn't have an ego. Yeah, they just they just missed the boat big time. Yes. So, let's get to the the meat of this story. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? This is an interesting question because a lot of what the Pharisees get on Jesus for is what's lawful and not lawful to do to heal someone on the Sabbath or this, that, or the other, but it's all about, you know, the religious law and what is right and wrong as far as that's concerned. This, but this is, you know, this is political. This is, do you, do you pay taxes to the people that kind of are in charge around here and, uh, took over mm-hmm. a land that used to be ours? Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know if you have thoughts on that. I just find it to be a really odd question. Well, it's they they think they've finally got him in a there's only two options for him. Either he says no you don't, which, you know, then ultimately he's committed a crime against the state, and if he says yes you do, then basically he's saying that um the law is a higher authority than which even in and of itself, I don't see how those things are mutually exclusive, even from then their standpoint. Like even if he had just said, Yeah, you pay your taxes, like what was the big like, ooh, Jesus said pay your taxes. What was gonna cause the crowd yeah, to Because then are they gonna him? say, No, don't pay your taxes. This the Romans are, you know, mm-hmm. sinners that have taken over. I just wonder if it was an attempt to try and discredit him in front of his followers because he would stumble with a response. He would say no, and he would incite a riot and probably, and they would maybe perhaps then the government would take care of him for them. Yeah. Um, I believe the other thing that's on this is, is that the inscription on there, um, Caesar actually refers to him like as the high priest. He refers to himself as the high priest or the son of God or something like that. The inscription on a, um, Denarius, Caesar, kind of like there's there's a title associated with that that I can't remember, where he's kind of elevating himself to almost God status. And so I think that's probably even maybe implicit in that a little bit of um, you're acknowledging what's, you know, you're acknowledging Caesar's claim of being deity if you tell them that you're supposed to pay your taxes, so... But, you know, Jesus is Jesus. Um, again, if uh, referring back to Dallas Willard and the Divine Conspiracy, if we made a list of the smartest people who ever lived, Jesus would probably not make most people's top ten. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is he was a very smart... He is very smart. He's God. And uh, I think that's demonstrated in this here of just... Um, you know, show me the coin. Um, and they brought him a denarius, and he said, whose likeness and inscription is this? And they refer to Caesar. So, um, he's pretty sharp, pretty smart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that qualifies. 
and you know, it even says that they, they heard it and they marveled. And so, um, I don't, you know, regardless of your politics, I feel like there's few things said amongst political candidates or people in charge or, um, even world leaders where people really marvel all that often at the things that they say. Uh, it's either, oh yeah, I agree with them or, oh, I don't no, I don't agree with them versus they're kind of being this like, you know, awe moment of, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this time, instead of they went and plotted some more, they basically kind of left and <laughs> they left him and they went away. So <laughs> don't debate with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, well, not unless you want to get a firm lesson in humility. Yeah. So, um, I guess my question is, you know, they're saying it's lawful, lawful for him to pay taxes to Caesar, or they're asking you, is it lawful to pay the taxes or not? Um, do you think there were laws, are there laws that Jesus would say we shouldn't obey? Or are we as Christians always to obey what the law is? And thus we have arrived at the crux of this passage, right? What happens if and when the law and God's law disagree, right? Mm -hmm. And my simple answer is that if there's a situation where the civil law and God's law differ, you obey God's law. Mm -hmm. And you see examples of this. uh, Daniel comes to mind, Yeah, where they're told not to pray, and he prays anyways. Even though it's against the law to pray, he sees God's law as being above and more important to adhere to um, than the civil law. Now, what we have... um, in our back pockets here uh, is that there's nothing in God's law that would call us to do harm to other people. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the law says don't murder. And God's like, yeah, once a week, just go kill someone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, there's not that, you know, uh, ridiculous difference here. If anything, the law is going to say you can't pray or in communist countries, you can't practice Christianity or, um, you know, those are some of the, the easy examples I can come up with where God's law would be like, um, no, you should pray and (laughs) you should practice your faith and, um, you deal with the consequences of what happens civilly, but I cannot think of a situation in which the civil law would say don't do something and God's law would say do something in which you were going to harm or cause damage to somebody else. Perhaps to yourself if you practice Christianity in a place where it's punishable by death, but that is not uh, a reason to not practice your faith. Um, the one that comes to my mo- to mind is serving in the military and going to war. And, you know, the expectation for you, if you are a soldier, 
in the military is to kill the enemy. And there's actually a real-life person named Sergeant York. Um, and there's a movie about it from... Hacksaw Ridge, right? The one that's coming out? Is that what you're talking about? Hacks- I don't know. Uh, no, this is like... This is 1941. Yeah, World War Two. World War World War One. Then it's not 1941. No, the movie came out in 1941 oh, about okay. a World War One. Okay. Soldier. Who uh, eventually ends up being Sergeant York, but he's not a sergeant when the movie begins. But basically, his his um, Christian faith causes him to think, "I can't do this. I can't kill the enemy," and he's kind of a um, well, he's definitely a Christian. I, I can't remember exactly the storyline, but he gets to go home uh, to Tennessee, and he gets to spend some time sort of um, reflect on this, and he gets a very clear answer from God in this, and he goes back to the front lines in Europe, and uh, he ends up capturing a bunch of German sh- German soldiers, I believe. And I don't think he has to shoot anybody, but I I can't swear to that. Um, But he actually filed to be a conscientious objector. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Like he actually filed the paperwork, all that kind of stuff. And I believe the response was go home, think about this. He goes home, he thinks about it. God answers his prayer. And this is a real person. This is a real story. Mm -hmm. And he ends up being, I think, one of the most decorated um, servicemen of, of World War. One, and so, uh, please don't take my story there. As I'm thinking back on this, as I'm pro war, I'm pro, you know, go shoot people, go kill the enemy. Um, but I can think of that would be one time where, as a Christian, you might be asked to do something that you don't agree with. Well, I will, I will see your World War One hero and raise you a World War Two hero. Oh, okay. So Hacksaw Ridge is a movie that's coming out or might have already come out directed by Mel Gibson. Oh, this is the one that was like at the film festival and everybody was like, Ooh, he's so, back. He's doing. Yeah. Who, who knew? He uh, can actually. True story of private first class Desmond T. Doss. Ah. Uh, he won the congressional medal of honor despite refusing to bear arms during world war two based on religious grounds. Uh, and by based on the previews, he's a Southern guy. Anyways, he was drafted, um, but refused to shoot a gun, so he became a medic and uh, said that uh, after uh, he you know, was in the war, he didn't fire a single shot, but was able to save 75 men's lives in Okinawa. Cool. So, so that's one way to... That's one way to do it. Yeah, I think there's two people that objected. And that's, I guess that's kind of, you know. Because he got drafted, so he had to go. Right. So he he found a way to follow the civil law while still doing what he thought, while still acting in a way that he believed honored God. And we can get into the whole pass. We don't even, I don't want to get into the whole pacifism versus that sort of stuff, but there are ways in such dire situations as war where people who follow God and love Jesus can find ways to obey the civil law that Mm -hmm. they are held to based on their citizenship, but also honor 
God and how he calls his people to live. Yep. And uh, now I don't know about you, Dave. I've never been drafted. No. Frankly, I don't plan on being drafted. I don't think I qualify anymore. I think I've passed that. Yeah. I. What's the cutoff? I think it's 45. Oh, I got a while then. <laughs> don't hold me to that, but. But perhaps we can talk about, um, I don't know, uh, more likely scenarios mm-hmm. than something like that. Uh, because I feel like, um, now, I mean, even, I mean, just growing up, you know, the nineties and two thousands and, and I'm sure you felt it growing up, you know, in the eighties and the nineties that our culture oftentimes, um, applauds and encourages behavior that God shuns right and says is sinful and i feel like that is um perhaps perhaps a better discussion although i'm trying to i'm trying to culture is not law you no. know and that's really what they're getting at so maybe i'm going down a a, a tangent there that we that we don't need to go down but man i'm really struggling <laughs> because like i'm okay Let's talk abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that is legal federally mm-hmm. and has been for 43 years. 73 was 73, Roe v. Wade, yeah. right? For 43 years. And it's something that is a very um, contentious topic, and rightfully so. And I th- I think we get into this interesting situation here where where abortion is not mandated. No. But it is legal. So this is an opportunity for Christians to be within the law, but to still say, no, we're not going to do that. And so how do we how do we handle situations like that or the legalization of um homosexual marriage or uh even the legalization of marijuana in certain states and uh, sort of the trend that we see of um, more um, moral freedom being legislated. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we handle those situations as Christians where the law does not say that we have to do it, but the law permits it to be done, even though God's law and what God stands for says not to do it. And that whole, the marijuana thing might need to be shelved because that's, it's not mentioned. No. And that's, I feel like that's a whole nother ball of worms that we don't, ball of worms. That's not even a saying. Can of worms. So. There we go. It's a ball of wax. Yeah, it, it was funny. Actually, as you brought that up, I was literally sitting here thinking, the Bible doesn't deal with any kind of like drugs, like at all, like nothing. Nope. I mean, alcohol. I mean, alcohol is being a drunkard and drinking is, is in the Bible. But there's really no, and I was even like thinking, did the Egyptian have Egyptians have opiates or anything like that? I mean, I they just had don't something. Know. They had. To, I, I would think the Egyptians. Where there are people, there are ways to well bury your problems. Oh sure, but then even the Roman Empire. I guess I start like I kind of started wondering a little bit about um those things, and you know, um, yeah, I, I think we go to 
uh, and those sort of things. Um, we have to seek what the Bible tells us about um, those topics, and um, the Bible is um, about life. God is about life. And so I, I would believe as Christians that um, we need to be uh, in favor of life. We need to be um, supportive of things that encourage life versus death. And so um, I would say that, you know, suicide falls under that. Then the, med- you know, uh, medical assisted suicide falls under that. And then um, I would challenge you to say, you know, if you're, pro-choice in terms of the abortion topic, you know, where do you stand with the death penalty? Because I, I, I would say that killing somebody for a crime, um, and I've never been, I just think you, I would just challenge people. If you say you're pro-life, what does that mean beyond abortion for you? Um, yeah. Cause how many states have the death penalty right now? It's uh, not very many. Does Texas still have it? Texas, I do know, still has it. Missouri still has and it. How many? How many pro-lifers are from Texas? Would you imagine? Yeah, exactly. And how many of them would say people should be? Um, they're not. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm with you. So, um, now I I do believe that being from the state of Kansas, um. I suspect um, that there are crimes that could be solved if there was sort of this, you could hang the death penalty over somebody's head versus life and imprisonment. But I, I guess I would, I, I'm not going to tell anybody the way to think, but I would just say you need to challenge yourself in those arenas. That if you, if you hold dear to a particular topic, a particular issue, how does that match up with the other things that you believe and how does it match up with uh, what scripture says um, about things? Yeah, I think we have the benefit of living in a country where the law as of now does not require us to choose between honoring the civil law and honoring God's law. Um, not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. We'll see. Um, we do live in a culture that often calls us to not honor God, but not, not under a government that requires us to. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is where discipline really plays a part in how we live our lives. And I hate discipline. I'm not good at it. No, I'm not either. I mean, I'm wearing sweatpants right now, Dave. <laughs> Clearly, I'm a fan of comfort over discipline, right? hmm So, I think our biggest challenge as Christians in America today is the battle of discipline, where we are not fighting against or... Uh, living against a government that requires us to do things that are uh, sin 
or dishonor, whatever label you want to throw on it, mm-hmm. things that are against God. But we do live in a culture that freely encourages us to do so. And that, I think, is worse in the sense that it sneaks up on you. It is not so obvious. Um, would I, would I uh, wish to live in a place where being a Christian is illegal and is punishable by torture or death? No. That scares the crap out of me. And maybe that shows where I'm at in my life right now. I don't know. Um, but I do know that living in a place where um, sexual sin, uh, greed, selfishness, celebrity, um, pride are encouraged, um, if not celebrated, makes it very easy for me to focus and live for the wrong things without necessarily being uh, aware 100% of what I'm doing. And to me, that's, again, I come back to discipline and, and realizing it. Like, if I am going to live what I believe, then there has to be a distinct change in how I do that and how I interact with the world. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that is the the uh, practicality of where we're at now um in in you know 2016 in America where the law isn't yet an issue and it may not be for decades i who knows i mean a lot of people live under the assumption that america is going to be around for forever but even the biggest empires in the planet go away mm-hmm. I mean, England used to rule the whole world. Rome used to rule the known world. Greece ruled the known world. The Mongols ruled their known world. And they're all not what they used to be. No. So I just, for this time period, I think our challenge as Christians is the ability to live disciplined, God-honoring lives in a culture that does not not only does it not encourage that, it fights against that discipline. It, it just wants us to, to chill in the uh, lazy river of complacency, floating around, doing what feels good, and not really standing up for what we believe in. And I think that's our biggest challenge. Um, and, I think I, and while that may not apply specifically to this passage, I think we are on our way to what this passage exemplifies, which is a stark choice Mm -hmm. of do I, do I do what is required of me by law or do I follow what God tells me to do? And that's. And as you're talking, I'm wondering, or do we have it the worst right now? Because it's like, um, I guess the way I would describe it is it's almost like, Christianity and the American dream have become one and the same. And so, which is such bull crap, but <laughs> right. And so, 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 you know, is Satan can content with us going, oh, yeah, they, 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 they're happy, they're fat, mm-hmm. you know, they're lazy. And to uh, use the war metaphor, that's when you strike your enemy, right? When they're all drunk and passed out and mm-hmm. asleep. How many times do you see it in war movies? Yeah. But, I, but I, I guess. And I'm in danger of doing this myself, but I would say that's probably one of the biggest things is that we confuse 
the American dream and Christianity as being one and the same. That life should be easy and and we should have what we want and it's God's blessing and I mean that's what we just got done with in Matthew of Jesus kind of turning the the world upside down in terms of being rich does not mean you're blessed and being poor does not mean you're blessed you know we started with the beatitudes and him coming from that concept of you know blessed are the poor in spirit for you know not exactly the same as financial, but just kind of turning things upside down in terms of what matters and what doesn't matter. And, you know, just the convenience of what we have on, on so many, so many levels with so many different things. Yes. The devil is in the drive through Dave. That's <laughs> Can we make that a bumper sticker? Yes. That's our new t-shirt this year. The devil is in the drive through <laughs> Not really. Drive-throughs are kind of nice sometimes, but yeah. The point is that it's in the convenience of not really. You don't have to think critically about what's going on. You just kind of float, and that's I think when we're at our most susceptible is when we don't feel like we're being challenged. We don't feel like we're doing anything wrong. We're just fitting in. That's when Satan can really kind of just start to turn you, you know, one degree by one degree, and then all of a sudden. You know, you're living a life that you don't recognize. Right. Oh, man, this was a depressing episode. <laughs> yes, a little bit. But we stayed away from the election, which is, mm, makes me so happy. But seriously, you should go vote when it's time to vote. Go vote, yes. And if the person you vote for loses, don't be a sore loser about it. That's all I'm going to say. No, read Romans 13 which covers what we're talking about. That'll be in the show notes, along with all of our other, uh, I don't know, important things that we talked about. You can find them at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 78. And should we just call it there? Sounds good. All right, we'll be back next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.